Welcome to The Speaking Ball. Well, you know, a situation like this, it's hard to tell the good guys from the bad guys. I mean, they're all Indians. There's a militant group operating on the reservation. Not enough. I'm a warrior. My chair squeaks, and I don't like it very much. But I guess I like it a little. Nah, I don't like it at all. Welcome back to the podcast, podcast people. Got a good sleep last night. Pretty happy about that. Uh, I've had like 45 coffees already. So maybe that's why I'm singing this morning. I don't know. Um, wanted to talk a little bit today about the podcast and about uh, abortion. And the reason I want to talk about abortion is because... Uh, I think there's a lot of arguments happening, a lot of stuff happening here that uh, is kind of distracting from the from the argument. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Bill C-10 or whatever that is in Canada here where they've um, got these new gun laws, gun control laws, because they're really saving us all. But again, uh, I talked a little bit about that on uh, episode 16, gun control. So, so the abortion thing is kind of funny, and it occurred to me, um, this morning while I was watching another moron talk about it, um, that maybe what I see is not what everybody else sees. So, uh, when you look at abortion, right, and you look at conservative Christians and values and, you know, the arguments on either side, um, the arguments, uh, against abortion or the pro-life, uh, argument is sort of, these are people too, and, um, the babies are humans and your baby killers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the other side is it's a woman's choice. And blah, 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 blah. It's, it's such a stupid fucking conversation because when you look at, okay, so it's a micro lens. That's a micro lens, right? We want to back out to a macro lens for a second. If we look at the macro lens and we look at who is in power and what the power structure looks like and how change would affect that. So when we look at um, low-wage workers, right, and we look at the class system that exists in, uh, I guess, everywhere, really, right? And it's not like a ca the caste system where you're born into, you know, and you can't mobilize, like in some places, I guess, India, right? I don't want to speak too much about that, but I hear they still have the caste system there. And, uh that's a pretty, uh, seems really problematic to us, right? And so I think we still have that here in North America, but I think it's just less in print. Like, they don't really care. There's a class system, but you can mobilize between classes, you know, and pull yourself out of the, uh, of the circumstances, as they say. But what I realized, or what seems very clear to me, is that the powers that be from the macro lens probably want to maintain the status quo and why right low-wage workers is why prison systems are why money when you think about people dropping out of high school and you know not uh, going off to be doctors and lawyers it's not really a matter of intelligence as to why it, we we think it is right but it's not really a matter of intelligence it's a matter of culture and belief and positivity and um a lot of other sort of real Mr. Rogers type themes, right? And those are real important to kids, right? If you believe in yourself, there's plenty of stupid doctors and lawyers out there. And we've all, you know, made the joke before. Um, 
and I'm sure there's jokes within the industry about you know lawyers and doctors being dopes and their colleagues. Uh, I've heard one doctor say C's get degrees, and that made me look at my family doctor a little bit differently. And thankfully, it wasn't the same person, but uh, still, I want to know where he graduated. Tell you at the top of your class, your C guy, B average. I don't know. But when we have people that are growing up in these poor households who are sort of limited by what I would call, um, well, I don't know, what people might refer to or what we could refer to as sort of a, a cultural ineptitude, uh, an imbalance, a sort of people who are burdened by traumas that are passed on from generation to generation, right? And that's the thing. It's not just traumas that are passed on from generation to generation. You know, it's often that's what talked, what's talked about. But what is also uh, passed on is positivity. I don't know what you call the opposite of the trauma baton, like I like to say, but uh, maybe the happiness baton, right? And these things are generational, right? And so it's funny because a lot of times poor people have been poor for generations, right? And you'll always hear the story of like, oh, you know, We've always, we've, there's so much media now, we've heard the story probably a thousand times of the person who grew up in the ghetto or grew up in rural America and they pulled themselves out and now they're rich. And that's always the anomaly story that people will bring out when you talk about that, right? Be like, oh, this person, what about this person? They grew up in the worst place and, you know, and then they they went and conquered the world. Like, so what, man? The exception isn't the, isn't the rule. And the reason that you're so aware of that story is because it isn't an anomaly. So... It's disingenuous to, to bring that up as a counterpoint. And so when we look at people who don't have the skills to make it in this structure of society, maybe because, you know, their parents have had a sort of abusive, limiting sort of verbiage to them, you know, maybe they're always like, you can't do nothing, your dad did nothing, your grandfather's not going to, oh wait, your grandfather did nothing. I was going to say your grandfather's not going to do shit, but yeah, he's probably did everything he's gonna do so he's not doing shit which probably that's all he's doing is probably shit in his pants to be honest with you um but these things are like generational right and so it's it's something that if we really wanted to address it we would look at it as like a mental health thing, right i think mental health has got a negative connotation but i think it encapsulates even people who are socially inept in some ways right and not because their social ineptness is a mental health but the social ineptness i think causes mental health causes depression makes you feel isolated you don't feel related uh relatable to other people and vice versa right um so getting people in step with the culture seems pretty important in fact it seems like it's the most important thing getting people back in line and step with the culture and I don't know how you achieve that. I mean, there's there's plenty of, you know, confounding factors that it's in, uh, you know, whatever. Plenty of different reasons as to why people don't maximize their potential. But that's what we should be doing as human, as the, you know, as, as people, right? We want to maximize everybody's better off if we're all sort of operating at our full potential, contributing to, you know, society, right? But right now, they have sort of a, a built-in workforce of people who can be held back on their inability to, you know, progress through the system that they've created, right? Which instead of widening, you know, widening the system, uh, that are, you know, they kind of gatekeep in that way. And so, um, this allows them to sort of, you know, that's the whole minimum wage thing. And the problem, you know, probably around the world right now with the wealth gap, right? Is there's a lot of people that are, uh, 
sort of very vulnerable and willing to work for next to nothing because of how bad everything is right now in terms of inflation and purchasing power, I guess we'd say. Um, and that's not even sort of, I don't know what you would call, uh, what you call people who are not blue collar, right? The people who are the most vulnerable, I guess you just call them poor people. Um, but even the blue collar people, the people who went and got a university degree, they're feeling the pinch as well. I mean, society right now is designed for two university degrees, you know, well, I mean, like two people with university degrees, two incomes, right? Two university incomes, we'll say, I guess. And those aren't even really keeping up with inflation. So I can see why the middle class is kind of feeling it right now. And, you know, now all of a sudden, see what's so funny, right? Um, is this housing bubble, right? Everything that happened with the housing stuff that's going on right now, right? Over the last couple of years with the prices going insane. Everybody thinks they're millionaires now. So what happened was everybody in Toronto sold their million dollar bungalows and said, you know what, with this million dollars, I can go off down the road here about 30 minutes outside the city and get a whole lot more house, right? And so people decided, you know, a lot of people decided to, to go that route, right? And so a lot of people migrated out of Toronto and those people migrated into like, you know, the surrounding cities, right? 30 minutes out. And then the people who sold and who were already 30 minutes out did the same thing the Toronto people did, obviously. They said, you know what? We sell our place here in Oakville. We can get a whole lot more house for uh, the money in Hamilton, right? And so this keeps spreading out these bubbles, right? Of like these waves of inflation. But what's happened now is everybody who's did that in the last year is realizing with gas prices how they are, that 45-minute commute, um, is is really uh, sort of, I bet you they're wishing they didn't sell their house there because they're realizing that if everybody's house is worth a billion dollars, we're not really ahead of where we were, right? It's all just numbers on paper. The, the house itself and the materials and the labor to build it isn't worth that much. And that's why there's so much building going on, right? They can make tons of money off this, off the speculation of condos and, you know, townhouses and these these developments that they can get seven hundred thousand dollars a unit for those are worth like 80 grand right they're not worth that much i mean when i say they're worth 80 grand i, I think about the cost to build it right and i mean that's probably a bit low i mean it might cost 80 grand to build in terms of material now i can't really say but it doesn't cost seven hundred thousand dollars to build it doesn't it just doesn't these are these are small you know 1500 square foot units with with paper thin walls typically right so i uh i've stayed in a couple townhouses in my life and i'll tell you what um it's 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 not much different it's like an apartment with uh with the backyard right in a front door everybody's so close and your neighbors are so close it's very difficult to to you don't feel like you have privacy and at least in an apartment building the walls are concrete typically from the way they're built so you get a little bit more noise cancellation or a little bit more insulation from the noise, but it's not a great experience. And for 700 grand, bro, oof. And so this is all translating into the rent markets, translating into all this other stuff, right? But when we get down to it here, we have this abortion problem, right? And, you know, what would happen if, uh, you know, if you look at the studies, right, I guess, I don't want to say what if, we just don't need to speculate because there's studies that show, and you know, when when abortion was legalized or in areas that it is legalized, unemployment goes down, um, you know, uh, crime goes down, all these different, you know, social things, uh, social programs that are less burdened, right? Um, because there's no 
you have to look at it from a from what okay let's 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 walk through the experience right okay so a uh, 16 year old girl's telling getting told she's beautiful blah blah blah, blah 17 year old guy whatever nuts in her gets her pregnant i mean we know how this fucking works um her life has changed he can go on and he probably i don't know if he will he won't and let's not make a speculation but her life is going to be ultimately fucking changed from that point totally totally different right if she goes through and has this baby right and if she's not allowed to abort it, then she's going to have it. And if she's going to have it, then, you know, her school becomes extremely difficult, right? And some might count, oh, what her mom can watch it, right? Grandma, blah, 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 all these different things. But not everybody has. You know, maybe mom works full time. There's no, all of a sudden she's in a situation where she's stuck at home with a baby. With no education, no means to advance. How are you going to feel about your chances of the future? You love your kid. You're happier that the kids, there's no mother who's regretting that in that way, but they probably regret their circumstances pretty hard. All right. That's really sad, right? That these people are trapped like that and everything's built for two incomes, right? So, you know, all of a sudden her stock as a, as a woman is, um, I don't want to say gone down, but I mean, when you're 18 and there's a girl with a kid, right? You don't want to become instant daddy to this kid, right? And all of a sudden, I mean, 30-year-old men don't want that, right? Um, and we can talk about the, uh, you know, the ethics of that and the morality behind that. But, you know, there's a certain reality to, to, to that, um, unfortunately. And um, there's nothing you can do. And if... And if abortion's illegal, then what are these people gonna do? What's the long term? What's the what's the long term plan here? Well, the long term plan is that they will have to work minimum wage jobs, and their kid will grow up seeing living in apartments, crappy food, um, grow up with less self esteem issues, potentially self esteem issues, right? Um, because our class society or system is so bent on every kid having the newest thing and flexing their parents' wealth on each other. Um, you get bullied if you don't have clothes that are nice. You feel like you're less, right? You suddenly become aware of your social status, right? And how come they've got more? And this kid's old Billy's kid. Well, Billy's always got the new this and that. And his family's got a pool. And you know what I mean? I've been in seven countries. I go, have you been in... Like that type of... You know, little kid shit, right? And that these things just affect and they have like dominoes. They set people on paths. They send people to resent things, right? And if you look at a young man, regardless of the abortion situation, they a lot of times don't have or don't feel like they have a real shot at anything, right? It's either become a rapper or, you know, a, a, a YouTube star or something like the examples set for them by other men or a few years older than them or haven't been great. I don't know how to, I don't know if there's a, there's a fix for that, but the issues identified here by this idiot you're listening to right now, I'm just a random moron, right? I just, you know, see things and I kind of connect dots and whether or not it's true or how much of it is actually, you know, accurate is is debatable right to you know i guess other assholes in the ether but there are people out here who have doctorates in this and understand this at a very deep nuanced level and they don't all agree but those people i'd like to hear more from instead of politicians and random karens and 
you know, I don't know what the male version of a Karen is, probably a David or whoever, David and Karens that are up there, you know, with their signs and, you know, talking about morality and talking about, you know, God and divine and this and that. Like, I don't want to hear from these idiots, these people who just, you know, were indoctrinated by, by, um, you know, the Bible or whatever it was. I want to hear from people who understand sociology and these things on a macro level. Why wouldn't we use these tools that we have? It seems just funny to me. I don't know. But we haven't heard, you know, we, we, we sometimes will get that, you know, three minute like, oh, we have Dr. Lusson from this university and he'll have his little three minute piece and that'll be it. And then the conversation just directs back to the news anchors and to what politicians are saying. And they go, well, what about this? And the way they ask the questions are so, it's so manipulative. We're all being gaslit by the media. And even saying that, I'm like, oh, get out your tinfoil hat. Because it's not everything. I mean, they're not lying to you about, you know, when they're covering the Santa Claus parade. I believe Santa's there. I believe they're actually there. But when they start framing narratives and they only talk about gun control when... You know, everybody who's educated knows that this is a mental health conversation. It's just problematic, right? And thank thank Jesus, or thank whoever you, you want, I guess. Uh, thank whatever divinity you want that uh, in Canada we don't have a problem with abortion rights right now. But there are morons out there that protest with big signs of fetuses on the street. And I remember I was trying to pull into uh, I pulled into some store or whatever on a very busy street. And the way they were blocking it, I couldn't see... When I was pulling out the other the oncoming traffic because they had this friggin' huge sign. When I say huge, I mean it's probably eight feet well yeah, probably six to eight feet wide and ten feet tall, but big fetus, like abortion's wrong. I had these like little fucking fifteen year olds out there hiding signs and I was like, Can you guys just move the sign? They're like, Thank you, sir and they just had this like spiel that they're like, Da 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 thank you, sir. They're just like the trained, you could just tell it was real cult like they was like anybody comes up to you, just say this and repeat that. And if they do anything, we call the police. Man, sometimes that street shit wants to come out of me so bad. You know, I'll just take your fucking sign down. What are you going to do? You think the police are going to protect you for real? What's going to happen is you're going to have to take down my license plate and they might show up at my door three weeks later. You know, like it's not... I mean, what, what the fuck do you think is going to happen here? You think they're going to rush? Oh no, get the... Oh no, we got a code 14. We got to get the fucking... Save the, uh, the anti-abortion people. Where are they? Up the We're all good. Over. Like, they're not They're not going to care. Have you ever been punched in the face and called the police? <laughs> they take four or five hours to show up. They're not going to show up on time to save you from your little bitch-ass sign. But again, I don't want to do that myself. I mean, you know, I don't want to catch the charge, right? But damn, where are these scumbags when you need them? That would take a charge. Probably 15 years ago I would have. Maybe not. I'm 40 now, 41, so I don't know. But there's a time in my life I probably would have did that. And I know there's other people who would. The, 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 the chaotic good, as they say. This is dangerous, so I wasn't even trying to say. I was just letting them be on that and whatever, man. I don't care. Like I feel like they don't have any support anyways. They're just you know a cult of four or five families that are just out there being assholes. And that's fine. Let them do that. It's cool. I just wanted to be able to see and not die because it's a pretty busy road. And, um, yes, sir. Oh, thanks. I'm just like, for fuck's sakes. So, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Uh, again, these things are all, I, like, I, 
I don't know why they think they can tell women what to do with their bodies. That's their fucking choice, man. So, I, I mean, everybody knows that. There's no, I mean, when they take polls, and I mean, polls are fucking always a little disingenuous, but there's like a very small percentage of even the hyper, you know, religious that believe abortion is wrong. But they'll try to drag you into it. Well, at what stage then? When does it become life, you know? Can I kill a nine-month-old baby? Can I kill a baby just born? I don't know. Biblical times you could. I mean, shit. Where does this morality come from? I'm not saying kill babies. I'm not. Please don't. Kill your baby. I'm just telling you that, you know, people uh, need to mind the fucking business. Because uh, they don't have any fucking, like, stake in the game. Skin in the game, you know? Like I said, a young mother who's you know 16 and got knocked up, she probably should have some Planned Parenthood advice because that's going to change the course of her life and that child's life. And she won't the child and you know won't be any lack for lack of love, but lack of you know resources and ability to provide for themselves. And that's a serious problem in today's society when rent is now you know fourteen hundred dollars for one bedroom. Right? I mean, what are you what are you guys doing here? And that's a whole other topic about rent and landlords and you know the the whole concept of mortgages and it's a very it's a very funny thing how they've uh, sort of kept people in this in this realm and I think it's also connected to what I said about you know knowing that people who come from certain backgrounds aren't as fiscally orientated and um, yeah I mean I'm sure they've all paid the rent right but they don't uh, maybe have the means to save up for this giant down payment and all these things and the bank goes oh i don't know can you make your payments like bitch i'm not homeless been paying my rent for fucking 15 years what are you talking about but you know that's a way to keep people in a certain in a certain class right and even sometimes when i'm on different things i'll see people call them you know just identify themselves as a homeowner and that nothing irritates me more than identifying yourself as a homeowner like hi my name's bill I'm a homeowner. I remember this one dickhead Lee I went to school with. Uh, it's a dude. He was a fucking dork. Oh, maybe I was a dork. We're probably both dorks. We're kids, so sorry. Um, but I remember I saw him, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago after not seeing him since like grade eight or nine, right? I saw him at so it was actually a Cypress Hill concert. And uh, I was like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, we weren't at good odds back. There's a lot of water in so he's like, hey man, how's it going? I'm like, oh, so what are you doing now? He's like, oh man, I got a house. I'm like, all right. He's like, yeah, just go to work, got a house. I'm like, all right. It's like waiting for something else, and that was it, man. Hey man, got my house. And like, good for him, I'm happy, and I know that was a big purchase. And I've never did that, so potentially I would maybe feel the same way. It's a big thing to be, you probably should be proud of it, I guess. Am I just hating here? I don't know. But, like, it's just kind of why would you say it, right? Like, I feel like saying that is, like, you're making a, you're, like, you're separating yourself, right? And you're only really stating it to reinforce that you're aligned with the haves and not the have-nots, right? It seems that way to me. It seems like that's the way it's leveraged. Like, I don't give a fuck if you own or pay money to your bank or your landlord. Like, why should that matter, right? What does that say about, oh, I'm a responsible person who makes enough money to do this. And I invested. I'm a frugal. Like, I guess. I don't know. 
I just think the system shouldn't be favoring people who are like that. I think that housing is a human right. And I think until we, you know, housing is a human right. And if we're going to have any sort of society, I want men, even if I didn't have my own mental health problems, which all of us do probably to a certain degree, um, I would want mental health for other people because it betters my life if I don't have to deal with the crazy guy that I actually do now who walks by and screams about some other person named Craig. Craig, 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 fucking all the time with this guy. And, you know, what do you do? You can't do anything with this guy. I mean, he's homeless. What are you going to do? <laughs> you want to go fight a homeless guy? Yeah, you'll find out pretty quick. They'll fight you back, son. I fucking stab you in the process. But I mean, you call the police, right? And I mean, I had to, I've had to do that before with the same guy here because he was on the porch of where I lived here and was uh, asked to leave and decided to start calling me Craig and it got really weird. Um, but other times I've seen him and he's been totally quiet and kind of mouse-like and uh, I remember I went down to go get some Uber Eats Taco Bell and he was on my porch. Um, this is before the police incident, but he was on the porch there and he had his cardboard and he was just chilling and... Uh, I gave him a taco and brought him a water. I was like, here, man, just get on. He was cool. He was like, well, thanks, man. He was cool. Like, everything was fine. But, you know, he doesn't have, clearly, the mental health assistance that he needs. There's some medication or there's something that, you know, when he has these episodes, he doesn't have any assistance, man. And, you know, as much as it's an inconvenience and I hate it, for my own personal selfish reasons, probably, it's, um, it's avoidable. Like, where I live, there are a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean... I live in a place that's probably, you know, a fifth of Toronto size, maybe. And I I would argue there's more homeless people here per capita or like, you know, per resident um, than there is in Toronto. And I don't know if that's by design or not. I remember somebody's talking about um, when there was some Toronto Olympic Games going on or something like that, they bust a whole bunch of the homeless people, gave them free tickets to Hamilton. <laughs> uh, and that's, um, that may be where it started, right? Is with that sort of like, you know, free tickets to other cities outside of there, right? So, uh, and that's pretty, that's pretty shitty to do. I'm sure that the Hamilton mayor and the other mayors who were aware of this were like, oh, man, you are an asshole. I guess it's a burden on the system, right? Because these people get drunk, get in fights, they break windows, you know, they don't have any, I mean, ah, bad homeless people, but the reality is is that they're just, you know, they have mental health concerns, man, and what are you going to do? So, uh, I mean, you're going to yell at them? You're gonna, I mean, there's, there's no recourse here. They need mental health assistance. We need mental health care, not gun control. Like I said in the other podcast, there's nothing stopping anybody from making a bomb or doing something like that. So I don't understand why they think guns are going to stop mass killings, right? I just... And then there's a whole black market. Couldn't they get a gun from the black market? I don't know. It just feels like it's a distraction from the mental health conversation. It's not that I really give a shit whether... I don't have guns. I don't care either way, like, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't... I'm not a, like, oh, First Amendment, Second Amendment type of guy, even though we're in Canada. Oh, that doesn't really apply here. But I'm not really into that whole, like, part of my rights thing, man. Um, but again, uh, to each their own. Uh, but I would just prefer it was a conversation about restoring some mental health funding and getting people help identify them, you know, before they... Uh, 
I'd like to make forensic psychology almost a thing of the past. Forensic psychology is sort of like a thing where after they catch somebody, they're like, oh, so why did he do it? And they do a psycho sort of analysis on somebody who's committed a bunch of crimes. And I'm like, that's so, what, like, what the fuck's the point of that? If, especially if you're not going to even use any of the information that you, you harvest from that, right? If you're not going to be like, oh, well, this happened and that happened. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, this is so, it's like, seems like lip service, right? Because you should be taking information from that and go, oh, this is what happened at this stage. And this, oh, we could have identified this when he was in grade four with this stuff. But, but, but that might cost billions of dollars, right? To hire these people who had the training to identify children's behaviors early on. And they might tell me now that that exists. But it didn't exist when I was a kid a million years ago. So, And I know that early childhood ed educators have some training to identify potential autism and potential things like that. I, I'm pretty sure they do. But I don't know if it goes far enough. I don't know exactly the parameters of it. But I do know that there's still a lot of people who are falling through the cracks. And that's undeniable. Because whatever they've been doing, they've been doing it for the last 10, 15 years at least. When I think about a friend of mine who became an early childhood educator and has these skills that I mentioned, um, and these kids have gone into high school, like it's the same result. There's been I don't know, maybe they've caught people before, but it seems like we're having the same you know the same outcomes there, and maybe that's evidence against my theory potentially. But what I think is that it's been sort of a half-hearted attempt, and it needs to be more. There needs to be more of a of a of a plan put in place. A more of an expected sort of like it's almost like you get the feeling that they're like researchers just taking notes like okay got an alarm through like there's no plan yet necessarily other than to just put them in special needs or put a child in special needs which i don't think i don't think it's good for anybody's psychology being a kid knowing you're in special needs class like you know you're like i just don't know how that's helpful and they can tell you all they want, they're normal, but the other kids don't play with you as often. We go, oh, what grade are you in? Oh, you're in a special needs class? Like, I mean, that's got to be stigmatizing. <sighs> so maybe there's just different ways to do things. Everything has to be questioned. We must question it all. And this education system is, is when you look at what we know, like about psychology, sociology, the type of information that's out there, just about knowledge about the world and things, and we look at what we teach, it seems alien. It seems like there's no there's no correlation at all into you know how they. It, it just seems like opportunities for indoctrination. Well, we'll teach them about the history of their nation. That seems super fucking important, I guess. Make them sing the national anthem. Oh, that's super fucking important, I guess. Teach them basic math. That's pretty important. But I mean, yeah, I think you could teach them more math or teach them different things. Ex expose these children to all different types of things, man. It just I don't know. And I'm sure in some districts, you know, in the richer districts or whatever, there um, more opportunities for kids like that to expose them to new ideas and new concepts. And But I think most public schools across the world are pretty similar for the most part and mostly don't look to maximize children individually. It's more done as like taking a a logistical practical approach right to like teaching 40 students at once like standardize one pamphlet one booklet one song this is what you teach right but not everybody's there right and it's not always for a mat matter of intelligence some you know some people just have 
different exposure levels to these ideas when they come into class, right? Maybe their parents read to them. Maybe their uh, one parent read to them, and this other kid, their parents, you know, threw fucking beer bottles at them. I don't know. Maybe he was he's probably real good at dodgeball, though. That's what I would say. Watch out for that kid. Alcoholic parent, probably really good at dodgeball. <laughs> I like how the ball doesn't break. Look, there's no, gl <laughs> there's no glass on the floor. I can really do this all day. How's he good at dodgeball, Brent? <laughs> My dad's a drunk. Jesus. That seems like a good place to end it. I appreciate you guys uh, listening and checking in with me here. And um, I'm going to try to take this podcast a little more seriously. It's something that I just don't mind doing. And uh, I think... Uh, mobilizing my ideas is what makes me happy. So share the podcast if you think it's worth sharing. And, uh, you know, again, I just appreciate you guys. Peace. What you've just heard was Speaking Ball. Thank you for your time and patience, dearest friends. Meet Witch.